What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, good people. Welcome to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And if you haven't known it, now you know that I have my main man, the mad scientist, sitting next to me. How's it going, Dave? It's going all right. I'm here again. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Like I said, you know how we do it. Um, Fun times, either on the range or behind the mics. Yes, sir. All smiles and laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's it right there. Unfortunately, um, this week, I don't have progress to report on the matches that I've done. Yeah, I know. Um, Yeah, Mm. so we had bad weather last week. So um, we were supposed to be down in Augusta at um, CSRA Shooters, whereas um, me and Dave was down there setting up the range on Friday and thought it was going to pan out on Saturday, but that wasn't the case. So um dave actually had to make that decision call for safety reasons i didn't like it uh man you you helped me out tremendously friday with setting up the match in the rain as it was getting muddy and nasty and i really thought it was going to clean up you know clear up a little bit overnight and and we'd be able to shoot saturday morning but it just didn't didn't work out that way yeah that was the sad part about it because as sore as I was by the time I got home, um, <laughs> I really wanted to shoot. <laughs> well, you guys still got to hang out and shoot for fun. Um, but yeah, yeah I hate it. I've never had to cancel a match before and it hurt my feelings. I didn't want to do it. Yeah, well, you know how it goes. Um, it's just like one of those things when it comes to shooting. You know how everybody always say you're going to get DQ'd at least once, and then after that, it doesn't hurt as bad. <laughs> maybe that one. Maybe maybe it'll be better next time. Yeah. So uh, I hope there's not a next time, but it yeah. happened. The weather was nasty. It was muddy. I just didn't feel like it was safe to run around in that environment with loaded guns. It just uh, had to call it off. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it because, like I said, it's just. Another extension of the game that we got to deal with, you know, by it being an outside sport. Yeah, Um, it happens. But the best part about it is, even though I can't report on last week's match, I can say this, and I was saving it for the video, but um, I'm actually going to work on this video coming up here shortly. But I actually made B-Class a couple weeks ago. Yes. Yes. Congratulations. Hey, I do appreciate it, but um, Master would look a whole lot better. <laughs> well, you got you're on the journey to A A class. Yeah. That's where you're at now, right? Yeah, that's what that's what um the movie's gonna be about, and that's what the whole year is gonna be dedicated to journey to A class. So, sounds good. Yeah, um, and you know how it goes. Um, you gotta crawl before you walk. Because when I originally made that goal for myself, um, I wasn't anticipating it to be as difficult as it was <laughs> you know no it's yeah. it's to 
uh, it's, there's so much to shooting, uh, you know, in our sport that you don't know about until you actually get in, get into it and actually dive, dive into it and get deeper into, to all aspects of it. There's, there's so much more to learn. Um, it, it takes some time. Some people, you know, definitely progress faster than others, but man, it, it takes time and effort and dedication. Yeah. So my whole thing was when I first started, I wasn't calculating the classifiers, um, but I was more along the lines of like, oh, wow, I can see myself getting better every week I come out here and shoot. So mm -hmm. yeah, I can make A by the end of the year. That's too easy. Man, started doing it. <laughs> Did you hear? Uh, classifier, low classifier there. And I'm like, wow, man, hold on. This is mathematical yeah. process don't add up. <laughs> it's consistency, um, which, which is kind of cool because it, you know, that means it was not, a, a you know, a, a lucky thing that happened to you that you made B class. It was that your consistent effort, you have to get consistent scores with your classifiers to, to class up. So yeah. it's, it, you're actually improving. As a shooter, it's a, it's a decent way, you know. It's not the the I don't know. It's not completely uh, uh, the judge all to to your shooting ability, but it's it's the best we have with our with our sport. Right. Um. I, now I do know I've seen a couple people go to like a training class, and they don't want to commit to draw fire, but they thinking like after they go to that class, they can be better. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, the mental aspect of draw fire, I do believe that was the biggest portion of me going to um, getting pushed up to B class. Um, the other thing that I really do appreciate is everybody who tremendously who helped me, you know, so I'm, I'm very grateful for that because you had people like yourself um, pull me to the side, you know tell me little things that I probably overlooked or wasn't paying attention to, you know, tighten up that little shot group, got better. Um, one person that I do know who stood out out of everybody who I guess wanted to see me progress or, you know, took a interest in me shooting. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk to him later on in the show. Um, but uh, Wally and Wally was the last South Carolina coordinator for USPSA. But he actually, like, pulled me to the side and said something to me. I said something back, and I think he has a genuine interest just to see everybody around him get better. He does. We we went to um, the first major match of the year in Florida, the GTR Swamp Challenge. We we uh, had room together. We shot the match together, and he was talking about. It. He told told me that you know he saw your drive and, and your potential, uh, in the game. And, uh, yeah, he told me about it. And while he's a great guy, he's going to help anybody he can also, you know, just like we do, but right. he told, he told me about you, but I already knew about you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like every now and then, like I hit him up and if it was something he told me, right. I would hit him up and say, okay, look, check this out. Or what do you think about this? Or, He'll hit me up and say, how'd you do at the match? Like if he was down in Florida, how'd you do at the match? What did you do? Right. What was going through your mind? And it was really like a coaching session, you know, so. 
But I do believe people on his level, your level, y'all actually perfected something with dry fire that I'm still hunting for. So what was the, the, why was that the hardest part for you? Just, just understanding where or why dry fire could, could help you. What, what was the, the difficulty you had with it? Not, not so much why dry fire could help me. It's what to do with dry fire to benefit with performance. Okay. Yeah. You know, so before I started dry firing, I was doing stuff that I thought was right. You know, so for instance, when I would work on my magazine reloads, mm-hmm. I would literally um, put a pillow up under me or stand over my couch or bed and practice, you know, reloading the gun. But I wasn't using the timer. Yeah. You know, it was just, you know, go and I'll react. Or, you know, I wait for, like, if I got the TV on, I'll wait for a keyword, like in a sentence. So I'll say, wait till they say something like cat or the and whatever. And when I hear it, that'll be when I react. <laughs> That's you interesting. Know? I've never heard that before. It's <laughs> uh, like it's like the timer, the buzzer going off. Correct. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. So um, <laughs> I never like, thought about doing that. Yeah, but then later on, um, like last year, I went to Steve Anderson's class, and it was more along the lines of um, he calls it the Burkett drill, and I'm not certain why that name stands out like that, but th- I believe that helps you more, you know. But then again. It was you, um. What, what's his name? Is it Mike or Mark? Mike Bur- Mark Burkett? I can't remember. I don't. It was just a drill that he would do. It was like a not a complete reload. It was just going to the mag magwell right. with your finger indexed on the magazine. Well, that would make sense. Why they would name it after him? Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't. Mark. Yeah. I can't remember his name. First name now. Yeah. So and then like I said, after you know going through Steve Anderson's class, that was a technique I picked up. But then I realized how my reloads became real fast and smooth, you know. Um, the other thing is um, the whole transitioning from target to target, you know, and like just going through Steve Anderson's class. And I'm not saying it like, OK, he's the, the best thing since cheese was invented. <laughs> you know, Cheese is good, man. Yeah. Well, you know, it depends on how you look at it and how your, your body affects with it. But <laughs> oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Some people don't like cheese. I get it. Yeah. But my whole thing is, is. I did not know how to properly draw fire going into the sport of competition shooting to, you know, actually understand the breakdown and say, okay, I need to work on this more versus this. Mm-hmm. No, know? I, I totally understand that. I didn't either. Uh, when when I, st- I started in production, uh, I think a lot of people start in production. It's the easiest division to get into. Most of the time it's with the gun you already have from whatever, you know, home defense, concealed carry type gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I got interested in the red dot, went into carry optics, and then I got more interested in actually improving competition-wise. And, and I tried to dry fire, but I didn't really know how to do it either. That's what uh, took me the most time figuring out how to practice. Mm-hmm. Not so much that I wasn't dedicated to it or that I didn't want to do it. I just didn't know how. I didn't know what I needed to do um, to, to dry fire practice and to get better at it. And um, I came across Steve Anderson's uh, podcast and got um, some of his books, which, you know, has 
dry fire laid out for you. And it's mostly for uh, the refinement and repetition book he has. It's mostly laid out for like classifier drills, um, mm. which, you know, directly translate into our, our USPSA shooting skills. But it, it gives you a, a defined criteria for your practice, for your dry fire um, that you can do. You, you've got times and, and goals, to, you know, to, to reach. And it, it that is when I when I got started with that. That's when it really made a huge difference for me. I went from uh, like C class production shooter, went into carry optics at A class. Well, I didn't go into A class, but I, I made it in A class in carry optics, and then I got into open division and went to master um, within within. Man, I want to say like four or five months. It was into open. Like once I started open at that point, I was, I had got interested in that and learned uh, from Steve Anderson's books and his podcast, how to practice, how to train. Um, it didn't take me long to make master um, from that point. You just have to know how, and uh, he's got it laid out um, in some of his books pretty, pretty well. And it, uh, it, it's, it's, it's helpful. You, you have to know how to practice before it, before it really makes a, a big difference. Yeah. You, well, you know, Trayvon said the same thing when we interviewed Trayvon a few weeks ago that he went from um, B class to master in six months or C class to master in six months. I can't remember which one it might've been B class, but I was like, wow, that was like, a big leap right there, but he mm -hmm. said he dedicated every day to dry fire and everybody who made that, that leap like that, that's what it was. It was all dedicated to dry fire. Um, another thing that took place, a conversation I had with Tom powers, mm -hmm. he said this, and this was last month when we got finished with either Pontucky or CSRA's match. But we were sitting down, we was eating after the match. And then he was like, I can have you shooting in the mannerism of an A-class shooter because right now you're pretty much a high B-class shooter. Now, a funny thing with that same statement was I went training with Lucky um, a couple days ago. Yeah. And Lucky said the same thing. Like, you know, uh, he said, when I look at you, I look at you as um, a higher grade B shooter because just watching you shoot. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So obviously y'all are seeing something I'm not seeing because I'm just performing, you know? What? Yeah. It, no, I mean, I, no, I agree also. I mean, you're, you're an, an A class shooter uh, for sure. But, you know, I, I can shoot a little bit better than my cl current classification as well. I just, uh, you know, it's just, just the way our classification set up, you know, it may not always translate strictly classifier shooting, you know, doesn't always translate to our stage shooting and match shooting. But. Right. And another thing was, and I honestly believe Tom Powers is going through this right now. He is literally something like 3% away from making Grandmaster and Limited. Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to put down the Limited gun and transition completely to open. But that's one of his goals. 
And when I was talking to him, I'm trying to explain to him, you're putting too much stress on yourself to make it. You know? <laughs> I did that same thing with C class going to B class. I was putting too much stress on myself. But then when I went back to, hey, look, let's just have fun with it. And then that's when everything opened back up to me. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I don't know what I mean, he just wants to get the GM thing unlimited out of the way, I guess. He's a yeah. he's a heck of an open shooter. Yeah. He him and I uh we shot together for, for a little bit soon um soon after he got his open gun. Mm-hmm. Um I really thought it would take him a little bit longer to pick it up, but I guess because he he's been shooting limited, you know, so he had he had the pistol fundamentals down and and he was also shooting PCC so he knew about the dot. Right. Um I guess it just kind of worked together, but he picked it up really quick. And uh, he's a heck of a shooter. Oh, yeah, really, really good shooter. Um, we went down to – well, went up to Raleigh, North Carolina to shoot at Chris Tilley's um, Go Shoot indoor match. And that was a fun match. But he almost had it. But I think the stress that he was putting on himself, the reload got him. You know, and the last three classifiers I've seen him do that he was on par for getting it. It was all on the reload, right? And I, and I think it was just that stress that messes with you because um, through conversation, you know, he wants it, but I think he's kind of doubting himself a little bit. That's what I picked up through conversation. Mm, okay. You know, but um, he's there, man. Yeah, he's he, just... he's going to get it. All it takes is one. All it's going to take is one, and he got it. He needs a limb cap magwell. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll take that'll take care of his reloads. Yep. All right. So let me get your opinion on this one. You know, getting off of dry fire. Okay. Because dry fire is the one thing I wake up every day thinking about, and you know, trying to figure out that Rubik's cube. But changing gears, changing subjects. Let me get your opinion on this. Okay. Because I told you the other day I went training, well, doing some practice with Lucky. Mm-hmm. And we was practicing doing some steel and movement, shooting on steel. But I got to shoot his gun, right? And it was all metal. It was an Akai. And I really did like it, considering mm-hmm. that my gun is steel and polymer. You get, yeah, you get polymer. The plastic yeah. grip, yeah. Yeah, so what's what's your take on those guns? The all steel and then the steel and polymer. So I, I I know Lucky's kind of I've worked on it. I put that uh, stainless steel magwell on there for him. Um, I know which gun you're talking about, and and it's a great gun. I like it. Um, I know your gun. I've worked on your gun a lot. <laughs> yeah. I like your gun too. And I've shot uh, in in open division. I started with polymer grips, um, and I felt fine with them. You know, even with with open guns. Um, I started having issues with the polymer grips cracking and, and maybe it's an open gun thing. I don't know, but I've I've seen limited division guys have similar issues and, and it's, it starts causing, um, mechanical issues, uh, with the, with the sear and hammer engagement. Um, and, and that's really what pushed me towards trying out a metal grip. Um, you don't have to worry about the grip cracking because it's made, you know, made out of a solid piece of, of steel. 
um, or wow, there's different ones, aluminum and titanium, but I, I use the, the stainless steel grips, but, um, it definitely adds a lot more weight. Um, and I was concerned about it at first. Um, uh, but I think for what I do with USPSA shooting, I really like the extra weight in the, the grip in, in my hand on the back end of the gun. Um, I tried, uh, I built, um, this gun, the, the um, one I've been shooting for a couple of years now it, it's light in the front. I've got a, a t titanium compensator in the front. So there's, there's hardly any weight up front, but I have, you know, a uh, steel frame, steel, uh, grip, and I've got a brass magwell. So I've got a lot of weight in the grip of my gun. And I really like that. It gives me, um, what I feel like a lot of control over the gun, even though it's heavy. Um, on the other hand, I also built a steel challenge gun that I purposely made lightweight. Um, I use a plastic grip. I use a really short frame, a really lightweight slide. It's a super lightweight gun because I can transition it faster than I can with my heavyweight USPSA gun. So I think to me, um, the grip choice comes uh, into play d depending on what kind of sport I'm shooting. Right. Um, I would not personally choose a plastic grip anymore for USPSA just because of my prior experience with it. But when I was when I was heavy in the shooting steel challenge, where your the transitions and the draws are, are pretty much all you do for steel challenge. I mean, your transitions from from plate to plate or, or you know where you, where you make your time i set some times personally um early on in when i was trying steel challenge uh, with a lighter weight gun that i could not beat with, with my uspsa gun no matter what i tried to do man I, tr I tried to beat these times i had set early on um, for like a year or more, but I couldn't do it. The gun was just too heavy. I couldn't move it and stop it quick enough. So I think there's a there's a trade off on, on both ends of the spectrum. If you if you like the polymer grip or if you like the steel grip, I think it just kind of depends on what game you're playing or or even where your strengths are um, with your shooting. Yeah, I could I could see that because when. Lucky gave me his gun. We was walking over from one range, I mean, one stage to another stage. And he was like, okay, we was walking over towards the plate racks. He was like, yeah, just take it on the plate racks. And I was like, okay, cool. He's, he started the, um, the timer. And when he did the timer, what actually ended up taking place was um, I did the plate rack in something like five seconds with his gun. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was actually impressed with it. And I was like, yo this gun did not move at all <laughs> you know yeah and, and then of course you know we went into the whole you know it being metal all metal you yeah know? so um i'm thinking if the next gun will be for me an all metal gun you know but just like anything else the search continues what, <laughs> what where'd you go you left me. It's just me now. We're still recording. So since you're not here, I've got a metal grip, a Chili Custom uh, E2 grip. 
that you can stick in your gun if you'd like to try it. I'm not using it. It's in my box of parts. And since you're not in the show right now, I'm offering it to you for free. <laughs> I don't know if you're coming back. I'm just going to keep doing the show. You're still recording. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if you, you can put that, that grip on and I can still use my... Oh, man, back. you're back? I didn't know you were yeah. hearing that. <laughs> oh, I heard everything. <laughs> but if you can put that on my gun and I can still use the same magazines, I am all for it. I am willing to try it. Yeah, the same... You. Whatever magazine that all the mag magazines work the same. Everything is the same on it. No, okay. Well, like I said, that'll work for me, and I do appreciate that that offer. And also try it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely do that. Um, but one last thing I do want to say to everybody who's listening out there in Podcastville is this right here is the last month we're going to do the big push for the GoFundMe campaign that I have going on to put law enforcement officers into jujitsu for a year. So. Right now, we're about halfway. We have $1,900 um, that we already collected. We need $2,000 more to get the remaining officers in jiu-jitsu training. So this month, I'm asking everybody to give what you can give, $5 here, $10 there. Like, let's just go ahead and you know push towards March 1st, because at the end of March 1st, everything that we collected, that's what we're going to have to put um, whatever officers we have what whatever is collected so i am asking everybody please to help me um get up that two thousand dollars and let's get this complete you know uh no i guess that's it we're going to um try again for csra shooters in uh february we got rained and mudded out in january we're gonna we're gonna do it again the end of uh february so come come shoot with us come check us out yeah so that's february 22nd in augusta georgia at csra shooters and if the rain holds out i will be there <laughs> <laughs> i'll be there all right so everybody go ahead and um, stay in your seats and check out these commercials for the M-W Tactical Podcast. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water. 
which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Woodland from m-wtactical.com and co-host of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. We are reaching out to ask everyone that is in earshot to help us raise money to put four law enforcement officers in jiu-jitsu training for a year. We are looking to raise the money two ways. First, if you live in the state of South Carolina and want to get your concealed weapons permit, the instructor fee will go towards the campaign. The second way is you can donate $50 to gofundme.com forward slash LEO training. The goal is to raise $4,000. Again, we are looking to get 80 people to help contribute $50 to put four law enforcement officers through jiu-jitsu training for a year. This act will be presented in the name of the 2A community. Now we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of Word on the 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 sign up for your local USPSA matches, but we encourage everyone to go out and do some training with your firearm and just get familiar with it and what you feel you need to work on to get better. For those of us who are into competition, please share the information of your club or the shooting event in your area so we can share the message with everyone. This Saturday, if you are in the South Carolina area, Registration is open for those who are interested in doing some USPSA action in Columbia, South Carolina. For those interested in shooting in Columbia, look up MCRC or Mid-Carolina Rifle Club on practice score. Sign up and have fun doing some shooting USPSA style. If you would like for me and the crew to come up and shoot a USPSA match with you, email us at info at m-wtactical.com and let's plan it out. We are at the halfway mark for meeting the goal of putting some law enforcement officers into jiu-jitsu training. The goal is $4,000, and we are asking everyone in earshot to help us meet this goal by 1 March. Visit GoFundMe.com forward slash LEO training, and when you donate, there will be an acknowledgement on social media thanking you for your contribution. Please share the campaign on your social media outlets to help us meet this goal as well. Again, Visit GoFundMe.com forward slash LEO training and help us get to the $4,000 goal. But understand, we are halfway there now. Visit GoFundMe.com forward slash LEO training. If you are interested and still on the fence for signing up for Battle at the Beach, there are spots still available for Friday p.m. There is talk about some moving still this year that has a lot of people on edge. Get in before the spots are gone, then you have to wait till next year. The following are the current sponsors for Battle at the Beach. Red Hill Tactical. Red Stitch Targets. The Blue Bullets. Akai Custom Firearms. Hunter's HD Gold, who is sponsoring two stages. Outdoor Dynamics. 
Lucky Shot Firearms. Dunham Smithing. Law Offices of McLeod Ruffner. Premier Hearing Protection. Shooter's Connection. Lead Star Arms. Safari Land. Springfield Armory. Competition Electronic. Hornady. Mad Marlin Guns. The newer sponsors are Lock Grips. Techwear, the official jersey supplier. Steel Target Paint, the official paint supplier. And Mark Prickett Target Stands. Visit www.lowcountryuspsa.com for more information. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is... I think second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. This week, we're going to have a discussion with Wally Burbage, a seasoned shooter who is sponsored by Phoenix Trinity. His professionalism and his character to help others actually is a standout and says a lot about him as a person. Check out this conversation with Wally. All right, good people. I want to thank everyone for coming back to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And today, I have the guest by the name of Wally Burbage. Wally Burbage is someone who I look up to in the shooting community. When I met Wally back in the summer of 2019, Wally was someone who openly gave me knowledge within the shooting sport. But my honest opinion is, I think Wally is genuinely concerned about my performance within USPSA, like I see him with everybody else. Without further ado, I want to bring Wally in to share his knowledge with everyone because I think he has a lot to offer to everyone who shoots. 
So without further ado, here is Wally Burbage. How's it going for you, Wally? Hey, Michael. Good. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Had a great week. I'm looking forward to some shooting this weekend. Hopefully the rain won't cancel it out, but that's what I live for these days. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So going straight into conversation, could you tell everyone who is Wally Burbage? Well, um, uh, easy to find me. I'm the old guy on the range. Uh, been around a little while, but I've only been shooting since uh, 2009. And uh, once I got into it, um, I really got hooked. Um, kind of got into it by watching um, a show uh, on, um, on Shooting USA uh, about the introduction to USPSA. And I said, that's something that I've been looking for. That's something I want to do. And, uh, and just kind of got hooked, uh, bought... Uh, Actually started with a Glock and um, messed around with that for a little while and then um, bought a 2011 and um, been using that platform ever since and limited. Okay. So now you already said you're the old guy on the range, but you're not privy to the conversations that I hear when your name comes up. And whenever your name comes up, everybody keeps saying, I am chasing Wally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... Uh, Obviously, you're doing something right. <laughs> well, yeah, I got to I gotta work harder than everybody else because y'all are all younger than me, so I, I'm, I work harder. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now you said you got hooked back in 2009. Um, you actually shoot limited, but what interests you about shooting in that division? Um, in that division, um, I guess the simplicity of a 2011, um, I liked. Um, I like more of the shooting instead of the uh, tactical reloading and things like that. Um, I like the efficiency. So I'm, I'm, my mind works in efficiency. What is the most efficient way to do something? And to me, with the guys in production, they have to do a shot that they normally wouldn't do because of a, a round count issue. Um, where with limited, it's really, um, what's the most efficient way to shoot a stage? Re reloads are not really an issue. Uh, you just find out when you do them. And uh, so it's, it's a very efficient um, um, game. Open, a little more complicated uh, from the standpoint of uh, the, the equipment. Um, it's a very high maintenance. Um, it get beat, it's get beat up pretty bad. Um, I just think it's the best of both worlds. It's iron sights, and um, that's what I love. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And just hearing people's stories about how they got addicted to this sport, it's kind of funny when you listen to everybody. Like for me, I was in the Army when I got introduced to competition shooting. And the way it went, I was taking a Homeland Security course on Fort Benning, and the instructor took us to a competition match. And I want to say it was USPSA, but I really can't remember if it was IDPA or USPSA. But it had to be USPSA because they didn't express all the crazy rules. <laughs> and it was literally, I, I went in with the notion of, I got this hands down. This is my job anyway. The only difference is I don't have eight other guys in a stack with me. You know, so I was like, yeah, this, is, this is easy, man. These guys don't know what they're doing. Get out there was a woman that was like 53 years old, blew us all out the water. And I was like, holy cow. And ever since that moment, I've been hooked. So hearing the different stories, I find it funny and I just laugh about it. 
<laughs> you know. So yeah. now you had stated that you had chose limited, but and the efficiency portion of it. Have you ever done limited ten or anything along that line? Um, I think I might have shot a limited ten match one time just to get a classifier. Um and didn't really care for that too much. Um, plus, it's a dying, you know, division. There's no nobody's really in it. Um, I think people go there to hide from from other shooters. To be honest with you, it's not it's not really a growing um, division. Limited is typically the biggest division, you know, at any local match, at least that, that we go to. Um, so that's the other reason I like it. There's more more people that are doing it. Okay, so you're competition driven, just like all of us, like the alpha oh, yeah. syndrome. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, so you've been shooting since 2009, and um, of course, we we're gonna dub it as you've been strictly limited. So I think I fall in that same category as you know, following in your tracks. The only only difference between us is right now, you are sponsored by Phoenix Trinity. Do you care to talk about that? Yeah, Phoenix Trinity is the company, um, and the gun they make is a honcho, and that's what I shoot. Um, back about eight years ago, a friend of mine um, um, was a competitive shooter uh, up in the Spartanburg area, um, and his son was just getting into it. And um, he had been uh, diagnosed with cancer and wasn't doing well, and asked me if I would take his son on matches that he wanted to go to if he wasn't well enough to go. So. Um, he actually passed away, and um, his son was looking to get on the Phoenix Trinity team as, a, as one of their junior shooters. And I took him up to Tennessee for a match um, and introduced him to the Phoenix Trinity people, and they were shooting as a team. Um, and he actually ended up getting on that team, and I was introduced to them then. Um, and then we became friends for a long time uh, with, with Tiffany uh, and Brian, the owners of Phoenix Trinity. Um, and last year, um, I guess they were desperate and they wanted another team member. So she called me and asked me if I would, I would join the team and I'm, I'm thrilled and honored to be on the team. Um, but they're, they're really good people. Um, the honcho is, um, it's an innovative gun. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's built like a tank. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. It, it shoots, uh, flatter than any gun I've ever shot. I've shot a lot of, uh, 2011s and this is definitely the flattest shooting one I've ever, I've ever shot. Nice, nice. So actually, um, when you actually let me shoot it, I was highly impressed by it. And, you know, that was like the second, second or third all steel gun that I shot. And it was almost like I wanted to run off and not give it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to just leave me a check. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, now do you still train um junior shooters or coach people you know within the sport of shooting um my philosophy is when i started um i was a leech i mean i was on everybody <clears throat> everybody i knew at my local club here come at a gun club um i just asked them a thousand questions tried to learn as much as i could and i got a lot of help uh, from them um, i volunteered at my local club and helped set up stages um and i learned a ton there um, so I have the philosophy that, you know, a lot of people gave to me in the sport by, by teaching me things. So I feel, feel like I should give back. So, um, anybody, anywhere, anytime I will help out. Um, I don't charge people. I'm just glad to help them. 
Um, I've worked with a few um, shooters. Um, Ashton Green um, has worked with me a good bit. Um, and a few other various shooters um, have asked to come shoot with me. And um, I'm glad to anytime. Um, I just love it. I love sharing the knowledge that I've learned. Um, and uh, I like, I just believe in passing it forward. I got you on that one. Um, now, you know, when you actually coach people and teach people, by being left-handed, do you find it hard to instruct um, people who are right-handed? That, that's a good question. Um, I have been – I played golf for a long time. I was really competitive in golf. And so when I'd watch these training videos of golf, I just thought – I always thought left-handed, even though I've seen right-handed people, and so I could I could really relate. Um, but I know it's probably harder for left-handed people to relate, or right-handed people to relate to me being left-handed. The only time I really have a little problem demonstrating things for people is grip, um, you know, because it's hard for me to replicate a right-handed grip. I, I can do it, I guess. I don't have a, you know, I never do a two-handed right-handed grip, right? You either do strong hand or your weak hand. Um, so that's the only thing I have difficulty relating for, with people, I guess. Um, but, you know, going left to right, right to left is, is not really a problem. Um, most everything else is, is the same. So we're always going to have a bias. We are either our eyes um, or because we're right-handed or left-handed or right-eye dominant or left-hand dominant, whether we want to go right to left or left to right. Um, but I believe you should be able to do both equally. So it shouldn't be a problem. And I don't, I don't think it's much of a problem for people. They haven't expressed it was. Right. All right. So now a few weeks ago, well, when I say a few weeks ago, it was literally what about two, three months ago, you invited me to come up and shoot with you. And I was so excited to get that invitation. I shared that, that conversation with a few other people. And after the fact, everybody was like, how was it? Like they were scared to shoot with you privately <laughs> or whatever. And I openly stated that I think Wally should do something along the lines of coaching people because I didn't feel pressured. I didn't feel threatened. I actually had fun. And the only derogatory thing that you said the whole time was, if you do it going to the right, you got to do it going to the left. <laughs> so... Like right. I said, and like I said, that day I actually had a lot of fun. And when I got back home, I said, I'm definitely going back and doing it again because I appreciate like how you break everything down and your input on how you actually see things. Yeah. I, and I got to give credit to, you know, all the people I learned from, not, not just the local people, uh, the Lee Kings of the world, people that when I started were, were the top shooters. Um, but I've, you know, I've taken uh, lessons from Max Michelle, uh, J.J. Ricasa, um, Bill Drummond, um, John Browning of the U.S. You know, uh, Army team. Um, and these are all guys that I've, I've always picked something up from. So <clears throat> the, way, the way I see it is there, every coach has a different style of training and teaching. And if I can pick up one or two things from each one of those, um, I, I get that. Um, so I believe that, you know, you should try a bunch of different coaches and the way they teach you is going to relate sometimes uh, where the other one teaches you is going to relate more maybe. Um, so looking at all the different ones, uh, recently took a class from Steve Anderson. I picked a lot up from him. Um, you know, it wasn't the whole class that I really got a lot out of, but one or two things is all I got and, and it really helped me. So 
Um, the more people you can work with, the better. Uh, but me personally, I'm glad to help anybody, anytime. If you have an interest in the sport um, and would, would like me to work with you, I'd love to help you. You know, it doesn't cost anything. I got a range in my backyard. Um, anytime, be glad to help. Um, the only thing I didn't like about our training session with me and you is we, well, that time that we pushed you and made you go faster and you ended up beating us all, both me and Bruce on our time. That was a little discouraging. So I may have to ban you from coming back for a while. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just like you in the sense of the competition and efficiency, because, you know, by being infantry, you know, my whole career in the military, that's the way we think is how I can get into a room or into a building or clear an area as fast as possible and still have control. So when I look at a stage, that's how I look at it. And I might overlook something. And of course, you know, somebody like you, cause actually that same day you was like, it's your footwork, do this with your feet or step here, do that. And um, actually when I clicked after two or three times, I was like, that was it. But I thought I messed up something when I turned and looked at y'all. And I was like, did I mess up or something? Yeah, I was like, nah. Yeah, you messed up. You beat us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I said, that day was awesome, though, man. That was an awesome day. Uh, um, so do you believe that exercise overcomes the mental or mental overtakes the exercise when it comes to what we do for our shooting? So repetition, um, you know, burns into the, to the subconscious is what I believe. So the more you do something the correct way, the less you have to think about it. So it used to be when I started, you know, I'm thinking about, well, what foot goes this way on this stage? And then when do I reload and make sure I got my hand up and, and all these different factors that just slows you down. The more you think about individual things, the more it slows you down. So you have to get repetition and time in um, to make these things subconscious so you don't think about them. When I do a reload, you know, during a, during a stage, I don't even remember it. I mean, it was just, it just happened. I don't, it's, it's a part of my, sub, just goes away. It's, it's so much of my subconscious that I don't even think about it. So somebody will say, wow, you smoked that reload. I don't even remember the reload. So um, I'm only got, you know, one thought when I'm starting a stage and it typically is, you know, sites. I've got to say, watch your sights because that's everything for me. Um, I can always go faster than I, than I typically go on a stage. Um, but I'm just trying to let the sights be my speed gauge and, and, and make me decide how much faster, how much slower I, I go based on what I see. Um, so yeah, a lot of work goes into, um, you know, what you see on a Saturday from anybody. You can tell people, you know, when we have those classifiers that do strong hand and weak hand, you, you could tell right away after people shoot, whether they practice strong hand or weak hand, right? Because right. you know the gun, the hand shaking is trembling or whatever. Um, you know they haven't been practicing it. And it's the same thing for a stage. When somebody, when, when there's a hard stage and there's a difficult shot, people have a hard time with it. You know, they didn't work on it. So my thing is I work on things when I practice harder than I hope to see in a match, at least as hard or harder than I hope to see in a match. So when I get to a match, I'm like, Ah, no big deal. It's a 30 yard piece of steel. No big deal. I, I practice 40 yards. It's not that, not that hard. So um, those two things, you're building repetition in and then practicing things as hard or harder than I'm going to see in a match is, is what I think gives you confidence when you get up to, to the line and it's your turn to shoot. 
That's very true. I, I honestly believe that too, as um, far as repetition. And another thing you stated about, you stated um, if you think too much about everything you got to do, it slows you down. And that was another thing you had said to me at one of the matches. And I want to say it was specifically Sandhill we was at. And because you said it, you are faster than what you're moving right now. I know you are. Stop thinking about it and just do it. And I want to say three matches later, it clicked. <laughs> and then speed just came, you know. So, and, you know, like I said, I think the other thing, you got to be around somebody else who can see what you're capable of and then actually push you also, you know. And um, like I said, I do want to thank you for everything you have done for me as far as helping me become a better shooter every time I go and shoot. Well, you'll, you'll know um, when you start beating me that I don't talk to you anymore. Um, that I, don't, <laughs> I don't want you to take it personally, anything like that. But I know that day is coming soon, so um, I'll just talk to you now. I don't know. Uh, I look at it like this. Um, if that day ever happens and we're at a, like a level two, a level three match, I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm shooting for Team Wally right now. <laughs> give, me, <laughs> give me a Phoenix Trinity shirt. <laughs> uh. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> age age is catching up to me. I just I just need those short uh hoser stages so I don't have to run a long way. Guys with long legs like you kill me. Well, you know, I remember the first time I saw you shoot, right? And the stage cuz at first when I first started shooting, I used to say okay, if I was to do this, I think it would take me 19 seconds, 25 seconds. And it was a stage that I figured you would have done it and it would have took you 30 seconds, you know? So I was like, yeah, he gonna try to hit that corner hard and he gonna fall. I was like, man, I hope he don't fall. I hope he don't fall. And the next thing I know, you did the stage in something like 12 seconds, <laughs> you know? And I looked at John and I was like, how is that even possible, man? Because Wally does not move that fast. And he was the one that told me, he was like, Wally would take a shot at 50 yards, save all that time, and still get two A's on it and blaze the rest of it. So, but it goes back to that efficiency talk. Well, and you got to know your strengths, right? So right. my strength is not foot speed. Um, my strength is... It's probably, you know, um, being in the right position, kind of the technical type of stages, um, the timing stages, things like that. When you've got, you know, a popper, a drop turner, a couple pieces of steel, an open target and, and timing the things, that's where I've worked really hard at and, and I'm pretty good at. If I got to run, you know, 25, 30 yards, I'm going to try to avoid that if I can, if there's a way around that. So um, your strength, you know, may be running and you may, may want to go that distance, but you gotta, you gotta, you know, work your strengths into a stage. Now, I would tell you, you know, definitely train for your weaknesses, right? So when I, if I have a, a, a match that I had a problem with something, I guarantee you uh, that after that Saturday, that Sunday, I'll be here on my range and I'll be working on that. And I had a problem for a while with um, um, head-only shots with a no-shoot below it. And I was dropping uh, some shots. So um, now I practice every single time I practice. I practice headshot only with a no-shoot below it. And I've gotten out to, I'm typically out to 30 yards doing that. So um, I feel it's a strength now. So I'm making my weaknesses my strength as much as possible. 
Um, my speed is my speed. I can't really improve that very much other than being a little bit more fit. And I'm always working on my fitness if, if I can. So you know, I would say anytime you, you see something that's hard, something that makes you cringe, like when you walk up to the line, you go, oh my gosh, I hate doing that. Well, that's what you should practice. Right. Um, the other thing is I used to be able to afraid, be afraid of shooting steel first, right? So you go into an array and you got steel, you know, paper, paper. You don't want to shoot the steel first if you can help it, but sometimes you may have to. So I practice every single time I practice drawing the steel and then going to something else. And so I don't, it doesn't bother me anymore. I don't even think about it as being a problem. Wow. And I was the same way with steel as far as um, the, the star, the spinning star. And Sand Hill had me liking steel because every time you would go to Sand Hill, you <laughs> have to shoot the spinning star, <laughs> right? So yeah, sometimes um, twice in the same stage. Yeah. So after doing it like two or three weekends, um, like when we would go out there, I was like, I slowly but surely I started loving shooting still, especially a spinner. And then of course you go to um, the South Carolina sectional. Now they have a spinning star that does all kind of crazy stuff, depending on which one you hit first, you know? Yeah. So like that I said, was, that was a challenge. South Carolina last year was a challenge with the, uh, the, the moving steel, um, some stuff we had never seen before. How do you practice that? You know, you right. can't. So you had a, a swinging piece of steel. I mean, you know, you can't practice that. Nobody has that at their home or at, a, at their local range. So that was interesting. Um, I was a little nervous, I'll be honest with you, because I'd never seen that before. You know, anytime we do something that we haven't seen before, it's going to give us a little bit of pause. Um, but I actually did pretty good on it. I just focused on it, tried to, tried to watch as, as many times as possible the people in front of me and other people shooting it and kind of figured out, you know, a game plan. I did actually did pretty good on that steel, but it was tough. Yeah. Um, that match, I didn't do good. The South Carolina sectional last year. Um, once again, new to shooting, wasn't clear on the rules and put the wrong ammo in my gun. I was shooting like nine millimeter major out of my Q5 and I was still getting rated as minor, you know? So like I said, it was wow. a learning lesson. So, yeah. You know, so no harm, no foul. So you actually shoot a lot of level two and level three matches. So you already did one at the beginning of the year. How many more you plan on doing for 2020? Um, I haven't got an exact count. I'm going to do probably four or five um, area matches this year. Um, that's, what, that's what the team is going to do. The Phoenix Trinity team is going to do. And then I'll, um, other than that, I'll, I'll definitely do nationals again. Um, and I'll, I'll pick up some local stuff that, you know, like maybe Florida or whatever. Uh, I'm doing uh, Florida sectional um, in a few, in about a month, I guess. And that's about it. But it's going to be a busy year. Yeah, trying to do five or six, maybe even sectional matches is going to be tough. I'll be traveling a lot. But way, the way I do it now, I will tell you, I'll back up a little bit. So. I've been shooting about a year or maybe two years and I kept hearing about this match called the Florida open. Like, Oh, you got to go to the Florida open. It's the most crazy, crazy match ever. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it. So I signed up for the Florida open. I've been shooting, like I say, about a year, maybe a year and a half. And I went down there and I was like, I was blown away how hard it was. I mean, the Florida open is definitely one of the hardest matches anyone will ever go to. Um, 
But the funny thing was when I came back from that match, and, and I had probably 15, 20 mics at that, at that stage, at that match. But um, when I came back and shot my local match, it was like, wow, this is easy. I mean, this isn't that hard. Um, so it kind of made me think more about I need to practice harder. I need to look at harder stuff uh, to get better. Because just shooting local matches, um, it's good practice but it's not gonna make you better for the big matches because the big matches are typically harder. They're usually longer, there's more cover, uh, there's more difficulty. Um, so now in my, my present state, um, I believe that the local matches are for working on things. So I work on certain things, um, I'm working on technique or whatever at a local match to practice. So they're my practice matches. And then when I go to an, a level two or level three match, that's where I'm really trying to put all that in play and really test myself. That's my real test these days. Okay. So now when you said that match was difficult, was it just from the technical aspect of the no shoots in front of the targets or just too much area to cover? So a lot of memory stages um, had, had a uh, swinger at um, 40 yards with um, three targets on it and a no shoot in between the three targets. So one piece of, one swinger with one, two, three targets on it and a no shoot in between them. That was mm. just going like this. I mean, it was, it was crazy, it was crazy hard. Um, that's just an example of, of what they do down there uh, to make it, make it difficult. So um, you're never gonna get a pause on a swinger, right? So you're, gonna, you're never gonna get where it comes down and stops and you can hit it. It's always gonna be just like flashing in front of you. Uh, so you got to learn how to shoot them while they're moving. That, that's one of the things I've, I've learned how to do because of those matches. Um, the difficulty is just is much higher, and everything is longer. I mean, they'll have 50-yard shots. You know, they'll have crazy long stuff that you don't normally do at a local match. Um, and that's what you got to be prepared for when you go to a level two or level three. Yeah, like I said, it brings out the best in you, right? Right. So right now, what's the one thing that challenges you the most when it comes to shooting a match, whether it's local or level two? Um, the, the most difficult thing for me, I guess, these days um, is the balance between um, points and speed. Um, I'm really fighting that whether I need to, to get better points or get, get more speed. Um, I have more speed, but I try to, I'm trying to hold back so I can find myself sometimes uh, to try to get better points. My goal is to be 90 to 95% of the available points um, on a match. And so I'm usually running about 90 to 92%. Um, I'm thinking I can give up some of that um, and gain a little bit more speed. Um, the other side of that would be, well, do you need to get more points and, and you know, give up some speed but this is a very speed bias sport there's no doubt about it I mean you can I've seen guys you know beat me throwing a mic on a stage and um and just blazed it and I thought oh my gosh well I, I killed this person because you know they were they threw a mic well it doesn't necessarily mean that if it's a long enough stage you can you can outrun a mic you literally can outrun a mic with speed so um very speed speed biased and so that that's my my challenge right now is figuring out the speed versus the points i'm really trying to work with that yeah well you know like i said beforehand i am looking forward to coming back to your location and practicing some more 
because there is so much I want to pull out of you as far as knowledge and getting better within this sport. Well, you're welcome anytime. Um, you know, and, and I've got a great training partner now with Bruce Belvin. Um, he's a right-handed guy. Um, he, he pushes me, um, and he's got a good eye. and He can see what I do, and I, I give him feedback. One of the things I like about him also is that you'll see us at a stage shooting it together, and he'll walk the stage, and I'll walk the stage, and then we'll kind of meet in the middle and go, what do you think about this? And he goes, well, um, I really like this. And so he'll walk it my way, and I'll walk it his way, and then we'll come up with a plan, a mesh of a plan. So it may be a right-handed bias stage or a left-handed bias stage, but we may see something that we like from each other's perspective. And uh, we, we have a good good uh, chemistry of blending um, our styles together and coming up with a good stage plan. So I would say – Anytime you're looking at a stage, don't use your bias always. Don't say, well, I'm going to go, you know, I'm definitely going to go left to right because I'm right-handed and I don't want to do a reload, you know, going, going right to left. Well, you got to look at the stage both ways. There may be, they may have set it up in a way that it's much more efficient to go right to left. It may have, make you have to do an awkward reload, but that's got to be something you're not afraid of. So right. um, look at stages from left to right and right to left and backwards, forward, forward, backwards. And then come up with what's the most efficient game plan. Um, and then, you know, if it's a tie, as Steve Anderson says, if it's a tie, it's not really that much, it's not going to make that much difference, right? So right. Uh, just shoot whatever is comfortable then. Got you. All right. So now here's the last question I have for you. All right. So this might put you on the spot depending on who's listening to the podcast. All right. So we're going to stay within the state lines of South Carolina. And it's almost like a rap question here because it's something that goes on in the hip hop community. The top five ranges you like to shoot at and why? Well, um, let's see. So, um, low country is dirty. I mean, low country is a, is a great match. Um, probably month in month out the, uh, most consistently difficult, uh, challenging match um, of the month. Um, after that, um, you know, Palmetto Gun Club is right here in my backyard. It's five miles from my house. I love that match. Um, I have a lot of input on that match, and so um, I help build the stages every month. Um, that one's a lot of fun also. Um, Mid-Carolina has really stepped up their game. Um, their matches are um, getting much, much more difficult. They used to be known as a big hoser um, kind of uh, place, and now it, they've slowed everybody down with a lot of uh, cover, and, and um, it's made it much more difficult. Um, Spartanburg uh, has always been one of my favorite matches. I learned timing um, there more than anything else. They always set up some really good stages with um, you know, Swinger, uh, steel and paper and you learn you know what's the most efficient way to to, to activate things and still um, get other hits um, that's a great match um, you know, sand hills is a fun match it's got a lot of uh, three gun flavor as you know mm -hmm. um, it's got a lot of steel a lot of small steel um, they lo they love um, throwing steel out there that's very three gunish I know um, and they've, they've got a good match. It's, it's, um, it's very difficult. It's difficult for me to get there on Sundays, but, um, when I get to go there, I really like that match also. Nice. So those, those are probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, like I said, I totally agree with you. Um, each range has its, um, 
pluses and, and minuses, pros and cons, just like we do as shooters. So it's a matter of how you go into it and try to better yourself at those stages. Yeah. It, the, each, each club has a different feel, like you say. And so you're going to pick something up from, from each club um, and, and, you know, work on those things that, that they present to you. Yeah. I think right now, to me, the most challenging club in South Carolina that I've went to so far is um, Low Country. Yeah. And, and Nero, he be doing some off-the-wall stuff. <laughs> but it yeah, pushes that, that me stage, and I like it. Yeah, that, um, that one stage, I think it's stage four always. It's, it always makes my head hurt. He loves to, <laughs> to do that crazy memory stuff there. But yes. um, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right. So now, how can the good people follow you, contact you, find out about Honcho, anything you want to share with the people out in Podcastville? Um, well, certainly I'm on Facebook a lot, as my wife will tell you. Um, so look me up on Facebook. Um, PhoenixTrinity.com is the, the company that I shoot for, and they have uh, the Honcho, and um, it's, a, it's a great platform. If you ever see me on the range and, and want to shoot it, you're more than welcome to. I'll be glad to let you run a mag through my gun um, anytime. Um, and then uh, when you get up with me, uh, my, my email is wwburbage, B-U-R-B-A-G-E, at gmail.com. That's and um, I'll be at most every matches every weekend, so uh, look me up. Hey, that's it right there. Everyone, my man, Wally Burbage. Once again, Wally, I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. And I really do sincerely thank you for everything you have showed me, taught me, pushed me in the right direction when it comes to shooting. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Michael. Hey, no problem. All right. So stay tuned for the rest of the M-W Tactical Podcast. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com
www.thepurposeofthemoment.com. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you cannot wait for Tuesday, go and listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can't even purchase M-W Tactical Apparel. But please go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the 2A community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.